Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Booze, Booms and Busts, the podcast where we quaff a few beers while discussing market events over the past week. My name is Bar Shoshan and I'm joined as ever by Sam Volkering. Sam, what are you drinking this week? Good evening. Uh, well, first off, well, so I've oh, have I got some doozies here. Um, well, the second one's something. Oh, yeah? but I'll, I'll get to that later. The first one is uh, the Saison de Dottinger. This is again my wonderful pronunciation. It's a farmhouse ale from the Duranke Brouwer in. This has got to be Belgian, doesn't it? Or Dutch? Um, uh, Saisons, I think, are, are Belgian. Yeah, it must be Belgian. I don't know where it's from. The Duranke, the Duranke Brewery in, um, let's say, Belgium. It's a farmhouse ale, 5.5%. Um, I don't know what separates a farmhouse ale from an ale aside from maybe it was brewed in a farmhouse um but it's uh yeah off to off to a flying start it really felt like a, a nice refreshing beer to start with and i think this might do the trick the second one is quite something else but i'll get to that later on mm. yeah i think the thing with farmhouse ales and ales may have something to do with the fact it's a um i think that it, that one it's got saison in the name and presumably it's a kind of saison. Um, and I think the manner in which they, it's like the fermentation process. Does that have yeast inside the can or inside the bottle, do you know? Yes, it looks like it certainly does. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why, why it's considered farmhouses when they've got the yeast inside, but I, I don't I don't know for sure. Oh, uh, I think there's yeast a, there's inside a trick, eh? Yeah, uh, classic. Uh, leave that for long enough, and then it explodes when you open it. They're uh, they're good ones, those. Oh yeah, but, uh, I believe the yeah. There's a French version of saison. It has a really weird word for it. It's like a. It sounds almost like brisket or something. I'm just trying to remember what is it. It's like um, I've only had a couple of them. Imagine, anyway, yeah. Imagine a brisket flavored ale. <laughs> you know, I've never had brisket, so I couldn't imagine it. Really, you've never had a beef brisket. Yeah. Nah, man, I've been raised vegetarian. I think, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I thought you ate meat. You ate meat, don't you? I thought you ate meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've tried it a load since then. I had my first ever steak last year. Hmm. Uh, no, in fact, it wasn't last year. It was this year. It's still 2021, isn't it? Yeah, I had my first ever steak, uh, uh, I think, in, in over the summertime. First time I'd ever had it. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. <laughs> this sounds underwhelming. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. It was, it was quite on the contrary at the time. It's quite overwhelming. Um, okay. I like I this this probably sounds ridiculous to people who've you know eaten meat most of their lives or whatever. Uh, but I'd never really, I just never quite grasped how calorically dense meat is, especially you know red meat, you know like 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 steak. Yeah, I right. just never quite grasped because I I generally bolt my food and i you know i eat it really fast and it's just not possible with steak i mean i'd be like you know i'd need to i'd be midway through trying to bolt it and i just need to like you know sit back in my chair for like five <laughs> minutes yeah. because i just consumed lord knows how many calories it wasn't even like a, a particularly large steak either but i was having it with bone marrow and stuff right and yeah i'd never grasped just how uh, just how energy dense red meat is which you know probably just sounds ridiculous because everyone everyone's used to knowing that if you're Eat a lot of steak. You know, I I, I kind of realize why it, it it's quite easy to be fat if you're a meat eater. 
because there are the amount of calories that you can consume and in, in quite a small portion is, is yeah. quite high. Especially uh, things like sort of more um, processed meats like burgers and sausages and stuff like that, right? You know, the yeah. calorie counts on those is fucking astronomical. Right, right, yeah. But um, you know what's interesting, right? It, there's don't a lot of Bitcoiners, Bitcoin maxis, don't they? Don't they subscribe to like this whole only eat the paleo? Yeah, paleo. They love bone marrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I find I, that I find that uh, equally difficult to grasp. I don't know, actually. I can, I, I can. There's a certain romance to it, right? Uh, if you're just being a carnivore and you're eating, you know, uh, meat that from cattle that's been raised uh, very well. You know, these are fit animals, uh, they've had good lives, uh, you're not eating anything processed, and it's, you know, very sort of pure, you get all of the minerals, all the, all the goodies that you get in meat, uh, which hasn't been processed out of it, or which mm. vegetarian diets are lacking in, True. loads and loads of protein, obviously, uh, no carbs, so you'll probably end up quite shredded, provided you're not eating too much of it. Uh, you know, I think there's a certain, the, I, the, I, I can imagine, I can see the kind of attraction to it. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I, you're not consuming any fiber. I mean, these guys must, the, the, like a significant <laughs> amount of these guys must have digestive trouble, I would imagine. Yeah, and in about 15 years, um, colon cancer or fucking prostate cancer. Well, you'd hope not. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. The, the, the paleo diet, I'm just, I mean, like every diet's got its ups and downs, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm not a dietitian. I shouldn't really comment on this shit. Yeah, I, you know, a, a healthy, well-balanced diet was sort of the way to go. But you know, I've been proven wrong about shit before. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, having been raised vegetarian, I do think, um, I do think it it's not. I don't think it's the healthiest way. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't raise my kids vegetarian. Um, and yeah, I just the protein eating pro like you're if you're if you're living a vegetarian diet you're going to be quite protein deficient, even if you're trying to swap, uh, you swap in things like soy protein, uh, which has yeah. all the weird stuff when it comes to soy stuff, uh, pea protein, uh, all, also everything that people sort of try to supplement what would normally come through meat is yeah. very processed forms of protein, which your body doesn't really absorb nearly so well. So even if you are actually actively trying to supplement protein into your diet as a vegetarian it's uh, it, your body's not going to uh, pick it up as much and most people aren't doing that anyway so you're going to be really quite protein deficient uh, and your kids you know you know they need they need protein it's, uh, Tell you it's what, very though, important I, um, all this talk about meat now i i've got a serious craving for a really nice steak with like a blue cheese sauce <laughs> that sounds pretty good actually yeah um yeah what's your thoughts on that if you eat much kangaroo you eat much game and the venison and stuff I have. Um, I've I've had I've had a bit of venison uh, before. It's not like a regular thing. Um, I've had kangaroo plenty of times as well. Um, you tend to not obviously get it as much here in the UK, um, but you can. You know, most supermarkets, almost decent supermarkets back home, would have you know at least a sort of offering of kangaroo. Or you, it's not hard to find a. I suppose you'd call them a more boutique supermarket that has has that sort of selection. But kangaroo, uh, kangaroo is tough, tough. Right, right. It is, it is, it is dense and it is pretty sinewy because yeah. um, they they're, are they're lithe creatures. Eh? They're shredded. It's like it's like it, it'd be like chopping up Arnie and eating him when he was at his peak <laughs> of Mister Olympia, right? 
just dense yeah. muscle fibers. Um, it is tasty though. Uh, and, and to be fair, and a lot of people like go, oh, put little kangaroos. It's like kangaroo are basically like, they're like a stone's throw away from being vermin in Australia. They destroy crops and they, they really give farmers a hard life. Um, it's, actually a, it's actually a really decent meat to eat. Um, and it serves a fundamental purpose for, you know, protecting large swathes of agriculture in Australia. So I advocate yeah, yeah. to eat the kangaroo. In fact, I think, is it, is it, is it the Australia, is it Australia's coat of arms? So Australia's coat of arms is an emu and a kangaroo and they're on there for the, I think we might've discussed this before, for the primary reason that neither can run backwards. So they can't go right. back. They don't go backwards. So there's like this, continuous forward progress but i think we're one of the few countries and maybe not the only country but one of the few countries that actually actively eats the animals on their coat of arms as well mm. well i mean we've got lions and unicorns on ours so it's pretty hard <laughs> in the uk you know uh, even if we wanted to that unicorn uh, mate. Woo-hoo. that'll fuck yeah, your no. digestive tract up yeah. <laughs> the marrow in the horn though know what i'm saying no i think the uh well and uh, you know rishi sunak you know he wants them unicorns listed in london right mm-hmm. you know where they're definitely a protected species in this country oh yeah um but you know sam it, it comes back to an interesting thing with uh we talk about ca- uh, not camel sorry because you do get those in australia as well yeah. we talk about kangaroos and the uh, you know the the way people People view them. I found something uh, being uh, raised vegetarian, never eating meat, whatever. I, I I always find it interesting how people who eat meat are, for whatever reason, really protective of some animals over other animals. Yeah. So they're completely fine eating all manner of processed ham and pork and, and what have you, and chicken, of course. Uh, and yet, you know, sometimes, yeah, the idea of somebody shooting a deer. Uh, or and it's, it becomes even more extreme when you're talking about people who hunt big game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's seen as outrageous. You know, it's outrageous. How dare a man, you know, shoot a, a buffalo and then pose for a picture beside it after they've eaten their their sandwich from some you know animal that's probably may not never have even seen daylight in some in some circumstances and has lived a horrid life. So like when I'm uh, like the thing with like you know, people eating steak all the time and the sort of paleo sort of returning to uh you know uh like sort of stone age <laughs> diet kind of thing i find that interesting for me like i think i yeah i don't mind people hunting wild animals um especially if they eat them afterwards that's completely fine yeah i'd be much happier eating a wild animal that's been shot rather than one that's been farmed if that makes any sense yeah yeah you know? no, i'd agree with that 100 yeah. percent. i think i think it also i think it comes down to also a, a sort of gradient scale of endangerment so you know you don't want to see people going out there and shooting animals that is going to severely dwindle the supply of said animal uh yeah because they they do you know certain you know ecosystems form a fundamental part of that ecosystem but uh, and you don't want to see you don't want to see people hunting and torturing animals. Oh, of course. Of course. So, not, no. You know, pe- sometimes like people get their back up about fox hunting. And fundamentally, I don't have a problem with fox hunting. I have a problem with the way in which they kill the foxes. I mean, if it's, if it's a single shot, fox dead, quick, simple. No problem. Over. Yeah. And then you go on to repurpose it, use it, whatever. That's I, I don't ever really have an issue with that. 
but it's when they start to you know have the dogs set on them and tear them apart and that sort of shit it's a bit fucked up i think yeah i can see why you think that um yeah it's a funny one it's a funny one i think the the sort of disney disneyification of a lot of animals yeah where people having it i know fine eating beef but you know eating a deer seems you know bad um all yeah, i mean like when was when did disney ever do a movie about a cow yeah well pre- presumably big part of the the big agriculture companies would be uh, you know lobbying disney not to do it because it would harm their harm their revenues. Perhaps. Do you remember? Do you remember that Netflix, that big Netflix movie that came out a little while ago called uh, I think it's is it Okia or Okia? Oh, I'm not familiar with it. I'm afraid it's it's sort of a it's sort of a uh, a political movie aimed at um, you know big big farming, big agriculture. It's like harvesting this this animal, but they like torture them and then like fucked up. It's a pretty fucked up movie to be honest. Yikes! Um, very difficult to watch um i'm gonna say this <laughs> and I, I can't even believe i'm fucking saying this on this podcast the really difficult part is the is the animal rape scene where they oh, basically animal two be these beasts rape one of the other it's fucked up right um so but it's probably worth watching but anyway um <laughs> you're not exactly selling it to me, not it's, it's a fucked up movie but it's, it's actually weirdly watchable um but yeah, you like you know you're right. Disney has a lot to answer for. I think in this situation, um, do you know what? What's interesting as well. My mind gets continuously turned now when we we have these discussions to um, to companies like Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually I, I saw this week that Impossible Foods is uh, suing uh, this company. I think they they're called Impossible, and they've trademarked impossible i think they're like a lifestyle kind of healthy living company sort of thing right they don't don't, as far as i'm aware they have nothing to do with the actual production of um uh, meat flavored non-meat products uh which is sort of impossible foods as shtick but they're suing them for the trademarks over impossible and really going after them hard like this is a multi-billion dollar company going after what's effectively a, a little guy um, and I just find that, I don't know, I find that interesting that all of a sudden these, you know, companies like Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods are now these giants of industry, but I'm still not seeing any of their shit on the shelves, right? Uh, yeah, only in, yeah, only in like really cosmopolitan hippie areas, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's very weird. It reminds me of that thing where, uh, they try to trademark the, you know, the, what was it called? The, uh, the, the YouTuber, um, duo who tried to uh who tried to trademark react the word react on youtube and uh it led to you know a huge backlash but with you know impossible just the word impossible it seems a bit uh a bit bit rich really isn't it especially when they it's really got nothing to do with what they're actually doing yeah yeah it doesn't actually relate uh even to the to the things that they're they're doing and like yeah another thing I, I do like Impossible Foods. I, I've I've eaten Impossible Food stuff before. I remember when I was at CES uh, in 2020, and they had this big launch party for like this new pork uh, product product they were doing. They had this Vietnamese food done with you know the Impossible pork, and it was bloody brilliant. Uh, and I'd buy it and eat it, but I just don't really see it anywhere to buy. That's interesting. I uh, there's another thing from uh, like growing up vegetarian, and when you actually have meat, it's completely alien to you. And 
when I've had Beyond, I've tried the Beyond Burger and whatever, and uh, you know, I I just thought it tasted like crap. I really, uh, I didn't really get it, but that's because I don't have this big appreciation for meat and I'm trying to stop eating it kind of thing. I think if you're going at it the other way around, it it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, Oh, I I was meaning to actually raise my, what beer am I drinking at the moment? (laughs) This is, oh yeah, this is called uh, Somewhere Within. (laughs) This one is called Somewhere Within, sorry, Impossible Within uh, from (laughs) Cloudwater Brew Company, Somewhere Within. Uh, This is a bright and juicy IPA, soft yet vibrant, featuring a blend of our favorite US and New Zealand hops. 6% 6% ABV, 440 mils, and it uh, has a really cool label. Uh, it's got a really nice uh, image of so a photograph of some flowers, and it's on a nice big 440 mil can, so it's you know, really cool, uh, really big image, which is always nice. Cloudwater, uh, they're one of these breweries I've found where they, they you can't really go wrong with them, but they're never going to blow your socks off either. So they are, they're, all, they're consistently good, and yet at the same time, there's never anything crazily good, uh, but you know, always sort of old, reliable kind of thing. Um, but that's somewhere within. We have been talking probably a little too much about just food in general, <laughs> um, rather than become a uh, culinary podcast. Sector. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, yeah, trying to, <laughs> to think the kind of uh, you know the kind of content which one of these food connoisseurs would be uh, expecting from us that we'd be expected to deliver every week if this were a were a food podcast. I was actually thinking of what I'm going to do for Lent because this year, well, next year, uh, now that it's coming up again, it, it doesn't, it feels like a long time ago since I did that beer fast. Um, and yet it was only, you know, you know, you go through how many episodes ago, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I all, all four weeks of that uh, beer fast I did for Lent, um, we covered it or in this, I, I gave, you know, updates to it. And I was wondering, what am I going to do this year? I'm thinking of doing the opposite and, and doing no carbs at all. Uh, which would include beer. So I'd need to find something else to rate and review while you how were you, drinking beer on not, How do you not take on carbs? Uh, it is possible. Well, it's kind of similar to what these all those uh, paleo nuts are about who just eat steak all the time. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so you just you just go for protein and fat. So it's pretty much eggs, lots of eggs and nuts. Ah, right. Um, omelette fucking 24 ways <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much so that, I, don't, I don't know maybe maybe <laughs> one of our, our, uh, our not our users sorry one of our listeners has an idea of what I should get up, give up for Lent it has to be you know decently challenging um, yeah, be, feel free to uh, to reach out on our, on our Twitter page if I did um, I think bread would, would be difficult for me I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. I could live without bread yeah it is doable Believe me, you can live on nothing but beer, at least for a month anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, are, we all know these, the side effects that had. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time. Weird time, but uh, an interesting one, an interesting one. I think, uh, yeah, you know, interestingly, we, we, there is a, we can do a sort of segue here. One of our listeners did forward over a, a tweet, I believe it was from Tracy Shupgart on Twitter. Uh, and you know how people, all these, all these companies make weird Christmas-themed stuff for, for uh, you know, just a Christmas-themed food and drink oh, yeah. around the Christmas period. Yep. Uh, I remember, I, is, it, is it called, is it Iceland, the frozen food company here oh, in the yeah. UK? They're just called Iceland, yeah? yeah. They did the... Um, the pine tree flavor crisps for Christmas a few years back. Uh, I tasted. I find them. that weird, right? right? The, uh, doing mm. a flavor of something that you would never actually normally eat. 
Yeah, well, that was what was interesting. So I had to, I had to try them out. You know, uh, they weren't actually that bad. Did you, did you, bad. did you go and eat some pine tree though? As a, as a fair comparison. Oh, that's true. I should have done that actually. Yeah, I should have <laughs> scraped off some bark and you know done sort of the whole taste testing at the same time. Although, uh, having but, said that, yeah. it's not like when you have barbecue flavored crisps, you go out and just like take a chunk out of the barbecue. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It was. I, I didn't think uh, all the other. I had it. We had it at the office, and loads of people tried them. And I think I had the most positive opinion of the crisps. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's, it's funny I do that. However, anyway, this tweet uh, was somebody on Twitter. I believe it was Chi Girl uh, on Twitter who posts lots about energy and stuff, which is uh, it's a good good account to follow. Uh, I think it was a fur tree flavor beer or a fur you know fur themed beer, uh, FIR of course. And um, yeah, yeah, I've not seen I've not seen Christmas flavored beers of that variety. Obviously, you get Christmas stouts and things like that. Yeah, but yeah. not one where it's just going for something that. You would not normally drink, let alone eat, uh, being made into a beer. Uh, so I was wondering, maybe we should be searching out some, uh, will, some yeah. strange Christmas beers. So I mean, I'm I'm about due for my next order, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm going to search for some Christmassy beers because I, like I I I do coming from the southern hemisphere. Christmas is a very different beast to what you get time. Yeah, up yeah. here in the northern hemisphere, and I I will be the first to admit. I fucking love a Northern Hemisphere Christmas. It's it's wicked. It's 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 really good. You can get right into the swing of things. It's a proper Christmas, and I love all the like. The other day, I was in the, my local co-op, and they have their Christmas variety sandwiches now. And one of them was like, I think it's called the Boxing Day Feast, which is like a mix of bit of pork, bit of turkey, some coleslaw, basically everything that you know. If, if you, you know, you eat all those things at Christmas, you would chuck together on Boxing Day and that you would bang it into a sandwich and that's exactly what you'd have. And so I'm pretty happy because that's like my now my go-to sandwich for the next month and a half. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. But things, you know, mulled wine, homemade mulled wines. Uh, it, I, yeah. You know, I'd love to see if I can find some sort of a, a hybrid mulled wine beer or something. I mean, that, that, I'm going to, I'm pretty, I'm actually pretty pumped about this suggestion. I'm going to see what mm. I can find. Ah, on ah, on that note, on that note, ah, damn, it's interesting. I'll I'll need to remember what it was called. Uh, this is yeah, this is really bad as well because it's named after a Scottish Christmas pudding. Damn it. Um, yeah, I'll need to remember it. Didn't know there were the, varieties the, of the Christmas pudding. Oh yeah, well it's like a well not a, not a, not Christmas pudding, but like I said, a Christmas dessert, I guess. But uh, which right. is uh, oh, you know. Most in Scotland, there is a very, very good one. It's made by Buxton Brewery, which is the brewery ah, that makes my second beer brewery. that I'm going to be having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I need to remember what that is. Whenever I've have any alcohol, my my memory for specific <laughs> names just completely goes. I have no idea. It even happens when I have non-alcoholic beer. So I don't know if it's maybe the taste or the flavor that that causes this effect. And it's like a psychological thing, or whether or not uh, it's just even minute quantities of alcohol that is doing. Anyway, I don't know. But Sam, we are on episode sixty-six now, and uh, yes. you know we have got a um, you know where there was. Oh, I think we should title this six figures under, because you sent over a screenshot to me of a very strange crypto project named literally Coffin Finance. <laughs> Would you like to tell me a little about this project and why it was down by ninety percent <laughs> in like twenty-four hours? I I I, I um. 
I, you know, so I have this, I, I, I go onto CoinMarketCap and, uh, and every now and then I just like, I like to look at the crypto gainers and losers. There's actually no point to it because they're all the same sorts of ones that we do on our pitch me a recently listed crypto. It's all, mostly, yep. mostly junk. But then I saw like the things I love is I love seeing the things that are down basically anything that's over 80 percent down so like there's there's this one called ethereum meta which has been literally up and down like a prostitute's pants over the last <laughs> month or so um you know it was like up twenty thousand percent and then it was like down 99 percent uh and then just coffin finance <laughs> happened to be uh one of the ones right at the top of the list and so i was like what what is Coffin Finance? And then I saw it was like down like 90% or like it's currently down 85.91%. It was at like 20 cents. And then here we go. So 20 cents at 1.46 a.m. And then by 1, 1, no, sorry, 1.51 a.m. It was 20 cents. By 1.56 a.m. It was 2.5 cents. <laughs> On how much volume, Sam? On volume of um, ten dollars, a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know what it does. I'm not. Could have been. Lie. Could have just been wash trading. Here I we guess, go. But... Coffin finance, decentralized and capital efficient, partially collateralized stablecoin protocol on Phantom Opera. Wow. Why coffin, guys? I mean, this really isn't inspiring me with that. If this was like released on Halloween or something, I might understand. But yeah, a bit we're, we're a bit late for that, aren't we? Well, so speaking of shit coins, um, uh, uh, you know, I love, uh, you know, I love a good dog coin or things like that. We, we all, we both love a good dog coin. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, so what's what's the next sort of theme gonna be for for shit coins to boom? And I was like, you know what, we're coming into Christmas, aren't we? Where's Santa true. coin? So I typed in Santa to CoinMarketCap's wonderful search. And what do you know? There's a Santa. Many. There Only is- one. Only one. Um, yeah. According to CoinMarketCap, at least. And Santa ah. coin. Uh, Talk about first mover advantage. I mean, like it's, 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 not, it's not really done much in the last like of seven days. <laughs> well, actually, it has done a bit. How long has it been around? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Christmas 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd see you never see things like this. You never like the trading volume still like 775,000, but I don't know, you know, Santa coin. It's like when, when the, when the dogs were pumping again the other day, and I was like, what about the cats? And then like cats started pumping. I was like, wow, oh, what's coming next? It's like then GM for, you know, when everyone on Twitter is like, good morning. And they're just good like morning, post yeah. GM. Then all of a sudden GM token appears and it pumps and then crashes and then pumps and crashes. And then there's like, um, what was another one I saw? Oh, I can't remember. But it's like, I mean, I don't even, what, how do you even know? Whatever. It's such a, it's such a crazy, it's a, we live in a simulation. I think that's really, I think it's true. I think that's, it has to be true. Doesn't it? I don't know. On that note, we can, uh, there is actually a, a, uh, on our, you know, our segment where we pitch each other a shit coin that we find that's been recently listed. Well, Sam, I've got one for you today. Speaking yep. of people who think we're living in a simulation, we've got Musk Kardashian. Oh, I noticed that earlier. I was hoping one of us was going to pitch that. 
<laughs> yeah, so here we have it. Musk Kardashian. Ticker Musk Kardashian. That's probably the biggest ticker I've ever damn seen. Um, we're looking at fully diluted market cap of $411,000. It is up by 12% in the last 24 hours. And you can buy one Musk Kardashian for naught point naught 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 one three cents sam wow. uh, presumably this is alluding to who uh who uh yeah i thought uh, <laughs> i thought musk was already hitched or something but um no but maybe no, he's oh no they got divorced from, or something uh, he separated from what's her face yeah but they're still like living together or something um so well yeah so maybe this is maybe they're trying to meme this into a thing they're actually going to meme the they're gonna it's meme hitching they're going to through Bi through the power of Binance Smart Chain, they're going to somehow get Musk and Kardashian together, maybe. But then, it, which is Kardashian? It, is it Kim Kardashian now like dating that um, Pete Davidson guy? I don't know who that is. Who is Pete Davidson? I don't know. I just saw his name on Twitter this morning. <laughs> uh, I think he's isn't he like an actor or something? I think he's an actor. Hmm, I think I've seen of... him in, in stuff. I think he's been on Saturday Night Live before. I think he's he's an actor. I think he's in in stuff like that requires acting. I would say that Pete Davidson sounds like a very generic name, but then I run the risk of offending any of our listeners who may be called Pete Davidson, so I won't. <laughs> you know, I, I, we, I'll, I'll get to my I might get to my uh, pitch token later, but there's a couple of great ones in there. Pissing cat, for instance. I mean, oh wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's one. There's one very related I, to uh, Santa Floki. I just saw one called Santa Floki. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say ticker ho ho ho. It's a good wow, ticker. It's a good ticker. The, maybe that. Maybe the maybe the shitcoin boom uh, as we come into December might be just be anything Christmas related. I'm just just putting it I, out there. Did you fill your bags with Santa coin? I don't go near that shit. But I should. Oh, I, should really? chuck, I should chuck fifty bucks on like Binance Smart Chain in my Binance Smart Chain wallet, and then just like. YOLO into a fucking Christmas token. Yeah, yeah. With yeah 50, on the YOLO, YOLO with fifty bucks. <laughs> why not? Why, why not? not? I mean, that that's what all all the uh, all the TikTok investors are are doing. So uh, you know, no no reason not to. Um, I do. do you know what? So well, I actually wanted to bring up something because we we hadn't discussed this, and this had happened a couple of weeks ago. We never sort of got around to talking about it, which is actually probably one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest things that's happened this year, which. Um, I'm not sure it gets enough coverage or it sort of did, but then didn't. Um, uh, Facebook changed their entire fucking name and direction. It's crazy. We didn't, uh, it's crazy. We didn't, we didn't talk about that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's hear your take on it. Get, um, you know, do you know what? Now. I think this is a very smart and shrewd move. I think, I think this gives Facebook, well, it's not even Facebook anywhere. I think this gives meta, a, it, it almost gives them an instant PR change. The, all, the, all the things associated with Facebook, like, um, you know, the, the Cambridge Analytica shit and fucking influencing uh, elections and misinformation and harassment and, and, and storage of data and, and harvesting of metadata and all that sort of stuff. It almost cuts that completely free of the company and when you think meta now you think metaverse oh this sprawling amazing world where i can be anyone and do anything that i want to be it's it's like everything that facebook was has been forgotten and i think it's a masterstroke uh, on facebook's behalf like if you get around the fact that you know there are there are some tangible things about 
metaverses and, and, and the convergence of the digital and physical world, which have, you know, real long-term implications, good and bad for, for social um, connections and social economies and a whole bunch of things. So they are kind of, it is, it is quite a courageous change for a company of that size to, to kind of come out and say, you know, we're really focusing on this now and we're doing this but I think it's also a very strategic move to just shake the shit and cut free everything that sort of was holding Facebook back. I say holding it, holding it back. It was still, you know, didn't exactly stop at stock price. Um, but, but certainly I think it, it probably now put, had been putting the brakes on what they could grow into. And whether you like meta or not, um, I, think it's a, I think it's a genius move. Well, Sam, I would certainly agree that uh, that is definitely their intention is to do this big rebrand, uh, you know, tie all the bad shit, you know, wrap all the bad shit up in a towel and then uh, hang it around Facebook's neck while they then go on and say, we're, we're meta now. So uh, none of that stuff applies to us. I, I, I agree. It's definitely their intention. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised that they decided to, to, to do that now, considering how much time has passed since the whole Cambridge Analytica thing. Um, however, Sam, in terms of it being a masterstroke, I think there are there are still there's still a big elephant in the room here, um, right. and that is the fact there's still Zuckerberg in charge. So sure. you've got Zuckerberg in charge. Everybody listen to this. If you haven't watched it, I, I would encourage you to actually just watch the meta <laughs> like trailer that they yeah. made. Yeah, trailer. The advert. Yeah. yeah. And marvel at how, despite being so rich and having so much time to create a video like this, and Lord knows how much money they spent on PR people to coach Zuckerberg <laughs> to look remotely human, he still comes off as this incredibly, at best, an awkward, nerdy guy. At worst, this like you know, skinwalker pretending to be human. Um, I, it is, it is incredible how everything feels so forced. It's like you guys had, you guys will have had, you know, days to do this. Uh, and you Lord knows how many times, uh, Zuckerberg has been coached, you know, to, to look better in front of a camera and it's just fucking terrible. It's awful. It's like, you know, you can be a billionaire and you still look like this in front of the camera. And, you know, <laughs> of course, if you are a billionaire, you don't need to care about that. Well, mm. But you do if you're trying to really put your past behind you, as they are with Meta. Mm. Um, so I'm not, uh, I got to say, I don't think they're going to be able to, to run away from their, uh, from their reputation just by, do, by changing their name. I'm, I don't think it's going to work uh, nearly so easily as that when you've still got Zuckerberg in charge. If they changed, if it wasn't Zuckerberg CEO, if he was standing back, then sure. Uh, then I think it'd be a lot easier. Also, the new logo from Meta sucks ass. Uh, like, yeah, I don't it's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> it it's awful. Um, it's, it's almost as bad as uh, when Aberdeen uh, Investments just took all of the vowels out of their name. And so it's just Aberdeen. <laughs> Aberdeen. Uh, it's just like, what are you guys doing? This looks this looks ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I agree, Sam. That's definitely what they're trying to do. Um, I don't think anyone, yeah, anyone who's interested in the metaverse is really interested in Facebook doing it either. No. I don't think, uh, I wonder, you know, it wasn't, how many years ago, Sam, was it that uh, Facebook bought Oculus? 
and uh, you know they were they were all about the metaverse and virtual reality back then. This is so. This is before I was even working in finance. I think when this happened, it was a big deal. It was like two billion dollars or something. It was yeah. very. Uh, it was a big takeover, uh, and yet nothing. Nothing really happened as a result of it. They didn't integrate it with yeah. Facebook. And- I wonder if I wonder though if that's necessarily true that nothing ever happened. I think maybe this has just been something that's really been a long game for them. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's clear they've always, he's always had an interest in virtual reality and virtual worlds. And I don't think he's wrong in that sense. I think, I think that we will see people more plugged into virtual worlds and virtual experiences. Uh, that's, I think that's even been accelerated over the last two years. And I think that we will, you know, continue. And, and so it's like a combination of factors as well. And this is quite a, quite a clear trend that's been going on for a long time. I mean, I've covered this since the last decade, this convergence of the digital and physical worlds is not, it's not going to stop. It's not going to decelerate um, where, you know, your social scores and your social uh, connectivity is going to be more relevant in terms of, you know, this whole idea of, of, a, of a society that ranks and grades and stars each other and experiences and outcomes and activities that's all that's that's ne- that's not stopped that's that continues to to be a factor in in how we even function as a society it's just going to continue to happen whether it's mixed reality virtual reality augmented reality um it's also kind of part and parcel with each other and it you know it makes you think that facebook has done this to stay relevant um i think for the future but it also does lend itself to think that, you know, the companies that are going to help make this future, which I, I see is inevitable and continuing to come at us, uh, a reality. You know, the big, the big semiconductor companies, the companies that make all the hardware that enables a digital world to be immersive and, and interact seamlessly with our physical world, you know, data communications, wireless technologies, all those sorts of things. They're I can't see how they do not continue to be, you know, areas of of, of growth for for. Oh, sure, sure. As well. I just don't see Facebook driving it forward. Uh, I don't so think so. Facebook's no, a- acquisition of Oculus. I don't think Facebook has made nearly. I, I I just don't see how they've done anything with it. You know, they're certainly VR has become a lot more relevant, but yeah. I just don't see how Facebook's really uh, managed to make any inroads with it. Well, so the the, pr- the problem with VR is the user experience because of course it's it's clunky, right? It's there's an element of okay if you're in it if you're in if you're in a VR world it is it is very fucking cool like it's it's fun it's a lot of fun to be in a VR world for a period of time and it's also you know it does it does shut you off from natural instinctual you know relationships contact communication so there's an element that it it will it will certainly have its place I think VR and that very, like, if you talk about VR, it is that very shut off world from the physical world. I still continue to think that that the idea of a mixed reality, this augmented reality where the digital world is overlay onto our physical existence. I think that's where we end up more than, and and that's why I think you're right. I I don't think Facebook drives this with this pure sort of VR world kind of, kind of thing. I think it'll have a place but not as big as perhaps they might consider it to be, but a mixed reality. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, there's certainly a lot of potential down that, that avenue. 
Sure. I remember it wasn't long ago. Well, actually, well, actually, it probably was a little long ago now when Microsoft came up with those uh, those glasses that they Microsoft made an augmented reality acquisition. Yeah. I forget the name of the company. Magic Leap. But then, yeah, that was it. Uh, but yet we still haven't seen anything from them. So maybe I'm just impatient, right? Maybe I've just got really short term. Yeah, uh... they've they've continued. I think there's been some issues with Magic Leap around the hardware. But again, it's it's that user experiencing, like the technology and the experience is there, but having it having it easy to use and not clunky and importantly wireless and you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a bit like EVs, right? Why aren't we all driving EVs right now? It's not like the technology hasn't been there and you know there's okay maybe there's systemic issues with the oil world but nonetheless um the range isn't there they're not cheap enough uh it's not that easy to charge them up you know if you live in an apartments in london you're never gonna fucking own an ev um that you've got to park around the corner because you know what are you you're not gonna go drive to you know costa to charge it up every other day um, so there, you know, there, there are issues around that usability factor, I think, as well. They, they apply exactly the same to, to all those things that you mentioned. Yeah, there's that, there's that Mark Andreessen quote, which I think is, which is so relevant when it comes to discussions about tech, that the future is already here. It just isn't evenly distributed. Uh, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's just not been rolled out yet. We did have a great chat a while back about uh, Google Glass on a previous episode of uh, BBB. Yeah. And how, uh, yeah, I really want to get some Google. I, I, I want to see what the future was like back then. Yeah, I tell you what, do you know what? I, I had a chance to buy one of the original Google Glass and I didn't buy it because I was like, it's too, it's it's kind of like, it's it's going to be a bit shit. But I kind of wish I had now because it'd be, I feel like it's kind of almost like buying one of the early Macintoshes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a piece of history, man. Like yeah, no matter... You're like, yeah, someone will pay a lot of money for that in the future. Yeah, I, I kind of regret that. Just oh, yeah. like I regret not keeping the Mac that, that we first bought when they came out when I was a kid. Right. Sam, how would you rate your first beer? I'm onto my second one now. Yeah, me too. So first beer, uh, look, it's all right. It's a farmhouse ale, 5.5%. Um, you know, it, it had that little bit of a Belgian taste to it. So it was definitely from Belgium. Um, uh, yeah, it's okay. I think I'd just give it an A+. It was good, but eh. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the cloud water I had, this was the uh, cloud water somewhere within, bright and juicy IPA, was very nice. I think I'll give it a B. Very solid. As I say, cloud water, um, very dependable. It's always good from cloud water, but then it's never um, exceptional. Yeah. Or it's not It's not been exceptional so far in my experience, having drunk their stuff for a few years now. But yeah, very good indeed. And a very cool label as well. So I'll give this one a B. Uh, the second one I'm on today is from Buxton. Uh, this oh, nice. is Brit Hop. Buxton is a very good uh, British <laughs> like brewery from the place <laughs> in the uh, in the same about from the same area. Uh, this is a six point eight percent modern British hop IPA. So Brit Hop, and uh, yeah, this is a very cool label, four forty mil can, and it's got nice. Uh, Buxton always has good labels, always good labels, um, and all British grown IPA, showcasing some of the most exciting and aromatic new hops to be developed by British hop growers. Uh, yeah, so uh, nice, nice and patriotic as well. Sam, what's your second bit? Well, so I've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. So this has been in the fridge. I've kept it sort of till last, and this is from the Rascals or Rascals, depending on however you want to pronounce it, uh, brewing company. Uh, which is in Dublin. Um, we've a world-class pizza restaurant with the freshest beer pouring straight from tank to tap. You can find out about brewery tours at the Rascals Tap Room Experience at www.rascalsbrewing.com. Now, 
This is the Strawberry Vanilla Shake IPA. Now, typically, if you were to, to, to see the words strawberry and vanilla shake, you might think, okay, well, maybe this is going to be, um, you know, a sort of heavier type beer. It reminds me of the uh, that time they introduced a new Revels flavor. I think it was strawberry milkshake, you know, for a short period of time. Yes. Uh, but in an IPA, this, this, had, this piqued my curiosity. Uh, and it is a creamy milkshake IPA, dry hopped with citra and mosaic. Stop drooling, start drinking. So I was kind of expecting it to be more, <coughs> you know, more like those. What is, it? is it like a porter or something like that? Um, yeah, yeah, I get you. But this is a very sort of traditional kind of IPA, but with this weird, it, it's a bit like a strawberry... It's a bit like a strawberry sorbet kind of tang to it at the end. And then you just get what a color hint is it? of sorry. It's it's what? it's 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 like IPA kind of, you know, All right, damn. normal sort of IPA looking. So this is this is this is like I say, I've been waiting to try this out. It's five percent. Um, I just wasn't sure how they could get those kinds of flavors into an IPA. Um and I'm, I'm not 100% convinced they've got the vanilla there, but I can definitely get the strawberry. So anyway, I'm going to keep drinking it. So far, it's actually quite good because I, 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 I do like these kinds of flavor combinations within something like an IPA. So we'll keep you posted, but off, off to a very fascinating start, I must say. Hmm. You do wonder how they create those flavors. I remember uh, a while back, there's that Welsh brewery that had its logo is like a beaten up old teddy bear. It's called like... Uzi or something. I can't remember. It's got quite, quite a short name, I think. And they made a jam donut IPA and it really did just taste a jam donut. But then uh, but you'd order a pint of it and be like, okay, the novelty wears off after like you've had 20, a 20th of it. Now it just feels like I'm, uh, and it, it did just taste like they just added flavoring. They'd made an IPA and just added flavoring afterwards, yeah. which yeah, uh, yeah, makes awesome. you wonder, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, that does raise an important question. I, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I can't remember who it was, but we were discussing donuts. And they were saying one of their, their favorite kind of donut is a, is a custard donut. I was like, oh, yeah. I think my, and then someone else, I think it was a couple, I think it was my mates I usually play golf with. And, uh, and the other guy was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a ring donut kind of guy. Just give me the old, you know, straight up ring donut. Old I was school, like, you know yeah. what? My favorite donut is a jam donut, but a hot jam donut. The kind of hot jam donut you could, you know, you'd like, I, I, I have these very fond memories and maybe it's, it's a, um, an exper experiential kind of memory that makes me love the jam donut, but you'd go to the football in Melbourne in the winter. So it's, you know, single digit degrees outside at nighttime at the Melbourne cricket ground, the fucking stadiums, ginormous, hundred thousand people, footy's over. You're rolling out to the car park with a hundred thousand other punters the hot jam donut store is lit up there ready for you to consume hot jam donuts as you're walking to the car. And it's literally the greatest donut of all time for me. Um, all right. If you had to pick a donut, Boaz, what would be your favorite donut? Oh, well, I must confess, I've, I'm not actually that much of a donut guy. Um, yeah, we have to change that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when I was really young, like, you know, between the age of five and 10, uh, it was always a real treat to ever get a donut and I, I liked them then, but then kind of when I grew up, I just, 
it doesn't it doesn't really get me like all the whole thing with Krispy Kreme I remember when they opened a Krispy Kreme in Edinburgh and it, it wasn't even in the city I mean it was way out, out in the outskirts and I had you know there were cars that were queuing for for ages and ages and ages to get just to visit this this Krispy Kreme place yeah. I it, I just don't I just didn't I just don't get it um, but you know in, just in terms of like pastries of that variety um, I I was there, I once, uh, well, a couple of times I stayed at a place out on the, a town in the outskirts of Rome called Ciampino and uh, the, they, they've got, they run funny hours there. Like Italians run funny hours. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, do maybe, maybe it's Southern Italy or something, but you know, you can go clothes shopping at like 11 p.m. Um, like in the middle of the town. It's very strange because they just stop for siestas and whatever. Yeah. And then they just go really late. But these bakeries, they, they carry on really, really late as well. And you could you'd be queuing, you know, after dinner at 10 p.m. or something to go and buy these things called bomba, which is like a donut, but it's a bit larger and it's hot, as you described. And uh, it contains either hot custard or hot Nutella. Uh, so it's uh, so it's either custard or 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 uh, or it might not be actual Nutella, but, you know, a chocolate chocolatey custard. Yeah. Uh, and those are pretty good. So uh, I um I'm not. I've never had these massive hankerings for pancakes. Much more of a sort of biscuit fella, but uh, the uh, bomba was very good. So I'd probably go for that. Well, I tell you, what, you know what? So I actually I don't like Krispy Kreme. So I don't mind a donut, as I say, a jam donut for me every day of the week. But I don't particularly like Krispy Kreme. Now, do you know what is also quite fascinating about this? And we have somewhat come back to to food again on this. Here episode. we go. Um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an investment angle to all of these things. I didn't realize this uh, until recently. And, and it just re- sort of reminded me talking about Krispy Kreme. Uh, so did you know, Krispy Kreme actually IPO'd this year. They, uh, Damn, they raised I didn't a bunch of money and Krispy Kreme went public. Now I thought, you know what? Let's just check in on it. Actually, I want you to guess what their ticker is. Krispy Kreme. Uh, is it just going to be... Uh-huh. Donut is too many letters, even if you use the American. Yeah, you're, on the, you're on the right track, though. You're on the right track. Ah, it's just going to be dough. Oh, close. It's D nut. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's quite a ticker. That's quite a ticker. I, you know what? I, I enjoy when companies list now because there are some great tickers out there. There really are. The big part of the marketing now is the ticker. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I, yeah, well, it is right. <laughs> and if you get the right ticker, or if you just happen to conveniently have the right ticker, uh, you, your stock can boom, uh, even though you don't mean to. Right? Remember, remember, was it last year when when Zoom and Zoom, Zoom yeah, uh, were booming? <laughs> That's quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just that it was another tech company that had Zoom because there was Zoom and then the Zoom communications, and uh, people got confused and it just yeah. blew up. It's like uh, it's like getting a I guess where you're buying a car and you just happen to get a registration plate that is <laughs> you know is somehow catchy or something you know these yeah. the tickers are good. Well, anyway, so back back to my point. Um, so I was looking at Krispy Kreme, and so I think they priced their was it what did they priced their IPO uh, at about seventeen dollars each, and that valued them at around two point seven billion according to some uh, reports from Reuters. Uh, Krispy Kreme is trading at $13.93, a 2.3. So there's still a $2.3 billion market cap uh, company, which I find interesting um, that 
I just, I don't know. I don't know why, but Krispy Kreme. And so like Impossible Foods isn't publicly listed. I think they're going to, but Beyond Meat, we were talking about, we mentioned it earlier with sort of the meat flavored, not meat stuff. Uh, Beyond Meats even, I think they're massive, right? So what's Beyond? And I would have thought like, I, I think meat, what's the, what's the company? Is it Tyson Foods that's actually the meat? I actually don't think anyone's actually got the meat ticker in the uh, American markets. But Beyond oh. Meat is is BYND. I think it's a boy. Yep, Bind. Uh, $4.91 billion company. You know, there's, you know, these are big, these are big companies, which I think, I don't know. I, I just don't see how they can be that big <laughs> is basically my point. Oh, right. you think Krispy Kreme um, should be smaller. You would, yeah. you would have expected Krispy yeah. Kreme would have been smaller. That's yeah. interesting. I would, I, if you'd asked me off the bat, you know, just cold, uh, cold answer. I would have said I would have said more like five or six billion. That would have been my expectation, just because yeah, right. their reach is so great. But then again, I get it's a skewed. The market right is super competitive. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But here in the UK, they've managed. The, they've got massive market penetration. Uh, so you got uh, yeah, so many Sainsburys and co-ops and whatever have some booth full of Krispy Kreme donuts and whatever. The uh, the visibility of Krispy Kreme in the UK is quite huge. And it does have a like a manic following, the people who love those things. Um, whereas uh, in the States, obviously, it's much, much more competitive. Over here, I don't think it is quite so competitive when it comes to people making donuts. But then again, I'm not a donut guy, so I don't have the... the it does you know, tend to I think, be scoop. very American kind of thing for some reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Krispy Kreme. I mean, just look at the spelling, man. I mean, it's very... Uh, yeah, it's uber American. <laughs> I think you know Dunkin' Donuts in the states. That's right. Um, Donuts. How big are they? I don't even know if they're public. To be honest, they're probably owned by like Unilever or some bullshit like that, right? Yeah, quite possibly. We should check that out. Anyway, um, yeah, 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 I mean, like Unilever and everything. I think Unilever owned Vegemite, which for those that don't know, Vegemite illegal, is greatest spread on earth. It is actually. You know, I, I would agree with you. Vegemite is superior to Marmite. Um, I know you and the Kiwis get like into fisticuffs over this kind of thing, but I would agree Vegemite is superior to Marmite as the uh, as the as the ascended yeast ext- extract. Uh, I'm just I, I had a look for Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, you know they're, they're they are uh, you know LLC, but then they're just not publicly listed. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Oh no, wait! Inspire Brands. Hang on, Inspire Brands completes acquisition of Dunkin' Brands. When was that? Uh, 2020. So again, so do you know what? Like in the last year when what seems to be that, you know, it's sort of everything sort of hit the shit hit the fan economically and financially and all that sort of stuff. Markets have just like gone, nah, fuck that. We're going to just keep booming, right? And it seems like, you know, there's been acquisitions. There's been a lot of um uh, mergers you know we've seen you know like the, the whole thing around SPACs and, and companies hitting the markets quickly um yeah I, I don't know whether to make heads or tails of it a little bit as well to be honest with you because so i had this discussion with my brother the other day and it's just like how how long can this keep going like how long can a bull market like this keep going and maybe this is we've sort of diving into an area which is definitely probably a, a much longer conversation for a podcast on another day which maybe we'll do but you know, you would just wonder how, like, Biden just passed another trillion odd in spending. Um, you know, the the ECB is like, ah, uh, you know, we're not gonna fucking uh, do anything. We're just gonna keep doing the same shit. Um, 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit of a wild, wild market still. Oh, 100%, 100%. Here in the UK, we've got Mark Carney. Uh, not Mark Carney. <laughs> hey, I'm so used to saying that. Uh, here in the UK, Andrew Bailey is saying, uh, no, nah, after after making it look like he was going to raise interest rates, he's like, actually, hey, no, we're not. We're, actually, we're not going to. <laughs> yes, inflation is way above our target, but no, we're not going to raise interest rates. Yeah. Um, well, want to keep it, keep things goosed, keep them primed. Uh, in terms of how long, I agree, that is definitely a, a question for another podcast. So looking at, what's occurred over the past two years uh, when we're looking at uh, the way equity markets have performed. Or if you just look at the economy. Yeah. So there was a great statistic out of, uh, from Bond Vigilantes uh, the other day. They, uh, it, was, it was sent by a colleague. And it was just a crazy statistic where over, you know, over, during this recession, we have had an, econo- an enormous economic recession. It has been terrible. Uh, in many ways, it would be a depression, but for these crazy interventions by government, yeah. uh, the side effects of which we've yet to really appreciate. And during this recession, 5 million new millionaires have been minted, Fuck. and 9 new billionaires have been minted. That's uh, That does not happen during a recession. Folks, that is not recession behavior, <laughs> right? Uh, people don't just become billionaires during it. So, uh, yeah, it's very, it's a very peculiar time. And yeah, how long? How long? Like, do you know, how you long, know, people, oh Lord, how long? People talk about this whole idea of the new normal. I mean, I reckon I've heard the new normal being thrown around for the last fucking 15 years. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Is it? Oh man, I, I disregard it. I mean, change is change is always inevitable, but uh, even even in stagflation, st- yeah, even a stagflationary environment where there isn't much economic growth, but there's lots of inflation, things still yeah. change. So new normal, like it, it doesn't mean anything. That's true. like asking, you know, what's the meaning of life or something? You know, like it's a, just a like metaverse or Web three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> well, we're entering an entirely different territory there. But yeah, new normal thing and. I don't. Things aren't going back by any by any means. I I do feel all of these uh, all of these restrictions we've got, all of the uh, which we continue to have. What's going in Austria? It's just batshit crazy, oh man. God, papers, man. please. Oh my god! Like, oh, yeah, you, you guys, you guys are fucking up again. Like, you guys fucked up big time last century, and you're <laughs> fucking up again. It's like, right? how many times do you want to fuck fuck up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Austria. It's it's a funny place as well because you know Austria. They, you know, they're really good with protecting your privacy. You know, you can you can get um, safety deposit boxes in Austria where you don't even require need to give any identification and stuff. Oh wow! Um, How do I get and one? yet at the same time they're just doing all this shit. It's it's ridiculous. Um, uh, you know, I really do hope. Uh, you know, I wish all the best to all the people protesting that in Austria at the moment because yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hard time. Um, but yeah, in terms of that, I don't think we're not we're not going to go back to the 2010s. Um, it's weird because everyone thought the 2010s were really bad. Uh, so post financial crisis, you got austerity, uh, you've got lots of issues that then lead to the rise of populism or yep. which, or what it's called populism. And yet, it turns out maybe that was actually maybe that was actually the last good time. Um, yeah, I, I we're not going back there. We're not going back. You know, somebody. Uh, Somebody said a while back, uh, an investment, a big investment strategist uh, I, uh, I've met a few times. He just said, like, we're going to be spending the rest of our lives 
at bringing Britain back to the way it was in 2012. <laughs> uh, and it was like wow you know it's almost you know, it's kind of disappointing <laughs> yeah. but you know it was that really it was not really the peak and it's like well <laughs> it was just underappreciated then people just also sort of tend to try and like reclaim the idea of of previous good times where it's like realistically you can never ever go back to something that was perceived to be good you can only ever actually look forward it's like it's like people that um, they're like, oh, I wish I'd, I, you know, I wish I'd lived in another era. I would have, I would have been so much better if I'd have been a twenties, you know, lived in the twenties, or if I'd lived in, the, I'd lived in the seventies. Oh, would have been. It's mm-hmm. like, well, hang on, you don't. You live now, so you kind of look forward and 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 make the most of the decade that you or the you know the era that you do live in. Um, yeah, I mean, the 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 point this chap was making was that the twenty twelve, you know, that early early twenty tens period was way better than everyone thought it was. So it was the idea that actually everyone was really angry at the time, but actually things were really, really good. So people didn't realize how good things were and they've only gotten worse. Well, and that was, uh, I, would, I would suggest perhaps that every period is better than people think it actually is. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on who you are in that period. It depends who you are, man. Well, okay. Um, yeah. All right. There's some caveats to that. There's big some caveats. caveats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you're right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's not, maybe, well, probably not the smartest thing I've ever said. Well, come on. Let's hear your rating for the second beer, man. <laughs> right. So, Rascals, Rascals Brewing Co. in, um, in Dublin. You've you've uh, you've done something special here, I think. I, it's tricky, right? It's a it's it's a good IPA, and it it's it has it's got this kind of sweet but almost bitter strawberry sorbet kind of aftertaste tang to it. I'm not picking the vanilla at all, so I mean that gets it that gets it knocked down a, a notch in my view because I think you've claimed something that isn't necessarily there. But the strawberry side of things, I'm actually getting. And I like the fact that it's still in an IPA form, so it's actually reasonably uh, easy to drink. It's not, you know, one of those sort of heavier, heavier porters or something like that. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm actually really enjoying this, um, but it hasn't, hasn't, it hasn't hit all. Look, I'm the thing. I'm going to give this a, a double B minus. Double B minus. I think that's fair. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think for uh, the uh, the second beer here, the Brit Hop, very nice indeed. One of the big, I would say, one of the big pluses for this is six point eight percent ABV, Woo! but it really tastes much more like uh, four and a half. So they've done a really good job with kind of disguising that. It's a very clear beer as well. You don't, it doesn't make you feel like you're having something really uh, heavy. So and it does taste very light as well. You don't even it looks light, it tastes light, but actually it's six point eight percent. ABV. So there's all those great British hops there, all from uh, from these here British Isles. Uh, so I would give this one. I think I would give this one B minus. B minus. Uh, very good beer. Very good beer. Uh, nothing you know crazy. Nothing exceptional, but a very good beer. Uh, and Sam, uh, in terms of uh, we need to suddenly uh, pitch each other some some shit coins. Oh, yeah. I've been looking over at the list here. All right. Uh, and uh, for those who are only recently listening to us, uh, we've got uh, this is where we look at the newly listed uh, cryptocurrencies on CoinMarketCap, and without knowing anything about these tokens, 
Yeah, Zola, it's a rich pickings this week. Without knowing anything about the token, we try to shill it to the <laughs> other member of the podcast. So uh, plenty here. Uh, dog coins are still named the game. Uh, there's so many dog coins on here. Uh, funnily enough, Sam, you know, as a, as a result of owning a load of Samo, Samoyed coin, uh, which we discussed in a previous podcast, uh, which is Solana's sort of uh, native meme dog coin, which I, I own a load of. Uh, I've, I've ended up getting, uh, being, yeah, airdropped a load of other dog coins, oh. uh, which included uh, Samuski, which I think is Samo and a Husky. Uh, <laughs> there was another like Solana Inu, uh, and there was a third one I can't, can't quite remember. Quite, can't quite remember, but I've been airdropped, and I was like, "What am I going to do with this?" I, I just sent them to my girlfriend. She can she can hold on to those. I, I do see on here there is a uh, a crypto that has been listed on Solana called Buff Samo. You know, this is heresy. <laughs> They're trying to steal Samoyed coins. Thunder, uh, absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. No, no, no. There is only one Samo, and uh, it is it is the original Samoyed coin. But on the on this list, we have got. There's one I would like to pitch to you, Sam. Okay. Have you ever watched E.T.? I have. I have. Well, there is now a coin called Ether Terrestrial. Oh, wow. Its ticker is E.T. Oh, stop it. It is not listed on... Oh, no. No, it is listed on Ethereum, actually. So it can still say it's, it's on Ethereum. Gas fees for everyone. Gas fees for everyone. Happy days. Fully diluted market cap, a mere $1.7 million. $1.3 million in volume. Whoa. So this is, you know, this is a lot of trade going it's on here. Over. <laughs> it's down by 12% over the past 24 hours. But you can own one Ether Terrestrial for a mere not point not 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 $1.7. Wow. So there you go. Happy days. Ether Terrestrial for everyone who has watched ET and for some reason just wants to dump money into a shitcoin. I um I, I'm impressed by that. I and and the the logo isn't fucking around either. It is literally just ripped off ET. Yeah. So do you know what I find if it's interesting to before I get to my pitch, uh that like there was some some the other day that would literally just like called Mario Coin. And it was a picture of Super Mario. And I was like, I'm sure Nintendo's going to fucking love that. Yeah. Um, Spielberg's like going to be all over this shit. The blatant disregard for any kind <laughs> of IP in the, in the typical, you know, normal world is, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. I, I, and, I, and you shouldn't be surprised that uh, Ether Terrestrial um, is all about NFT, games, metaverse, and space travel. Jeez, because it's like, they're not like Take every hot box. topics at all at the moment, are they? No, no, no. This sounds very original. Right. Well, now you've mentioned Ether Terrestrial. That was added to coin market caps recently listed cryptocurrencies three hours ago. Mine just got in ahead and wow. it was listed on coin market cap four hours ago. Ooh. It is. It is it is the combination of two of the most extraordinary things we've possibly seen in 2021. The metaverse. And Shiba Inu. And when you bring together the metaverse and Shiba Inu, what do you get? You get Meta Shiba. That's right. Oh, Meta so original, bro. With the ticker Meta Shib. I mean, Whoa. that's deep. And what Meta Shib does 
that Ether Terrestrial does not is it provides you more bang for your buck. And you can get a Meta Shiba token for the bargain basement price of 0.000000000. I think that's all the zeros. Five nine. Now, wow, cheap. I mean, that's cheap, like. Fully diluted market cap, 5.9 million. Volume, only 415, like 415,000. We are talking MetaShib hodlers here. Deep hodlers on Binance shit chain. I mean, smart chain. Um, MetaShib, I mean, come on. And it's up 80% in 24 hours. What the fuck? Wow, wow. wow. But I must say, Sam, you know, Meta is also in this list here <laughs> At, times, uh, in number 27, <laughs> from what, what I can see, called Baby Meta. The only I mean, one. Is this not going to be a big, there's going to be a big conflict here? What People about, what about Meta, Meta Game Hub DAO? Meta Game Hub oh. DAO. That's all Ooh. the buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You and I should launch a token and we should call <laughs> it Meta Samo Game DAO Inu Shib. Yeah. Did we miss anything? Uh, Zilla. Something to do <laughs> and Musk. So Musk needs to be Bill in Musk. here somewhere. I and love then, how there's one. Yeah, 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 Karen. Sorry. I know. I was, I was just saying. Just get. Let's just get all the buzzwords. We'll have. We'll get a website. One. We'll get a website done up for like a Fiverr on Fiverr, and we'll just we'll put um, a, a, a Meta Meta Shib uh, uh, Zilla Dow Game Cat buff samo whatever uh is all about nfts metaverse dow yeah. shiba dog tokens yolo and then just and then that's it and we'll mint and then we rug yeah then we it, rug that's just a massive rug pull <laughs> yeah 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 i uh yeah seems it seems like when it, this would presumably be on binance smart chain is that oh, right? where else would it be <laughs> right. where indeed where indeed who, who would mean anything on anything other who would, than who would, who would create a shitcoin on ethereum well ether terrestrial of course and and afterwards afterwards sam after we've rugged that project we can then issue the sequel which is just called pissing and then the name of our previous project ah indeed and that's the sequel. I mean, what's up with pissing cat? I think somebody's listened to your uh, advice that someone needs to start making cat coins and not just dog coins. And then they've just <laughs> taken it the wrong way. This seems very strange. I, P, the, the ticker is P cat. Would it, would it surprise you at all that pissing cat is uh, known as a NFT game studio? Wow, really want to play them games, man. And Sounds when great. you buy on Pancake Swap, and here's the ticker that just says screams nothing but the best of of uh, the, the the shittest of shitcoin. It says set slippage to twelve percent. Oh now, yeah, yeah. For those that haven't used decentralized exchanges before, the higher you set your slippage, the more you get front run basically by bots on those decentralized exchanges and you can absolutely destroy any value you think you're getting and the number of tokens so when you see slippage set at 12 percent, pack up and run the fuck away <laughs> i like how somebody has listed a, a coin a coin called classic doge.io uh called x doge 
That's the ticker on Binance, uh, classic Doge, but it's not actually the classic Doge. So this is classic Doge. It has been listed nine hours ago, or it's been added nine hours ago anyway on, on CoinMarketCap. Uh, this is, no, it, this isn't the original Dogecoin, no. but this is, this is the real classic Doge. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like we should fork Bitcoin and call it Bitcoin Inu. Yeah, why not? Oh, well, yeah, maybe there's some. Um, I keep thinking Bin. <laughs> you could do Binu, Binu coin or something. Or uh, <laughs> hmm, there's lots of room. There's lot. The thing is, chances are, Sam, somebody's already done all this on Binance, where they've just taken every every conjugation of Bitcoin and Dog coins and uh, all of these, uh, all of these. So buzzwords and then mix them together and then minted them on Binance. When yeah. I type in Inu on um, CoinMarketCap search function, there are over a hundred different tokens with Inu in their name. That is horrifying. That is absolutely horrifying. And only one, oh, actually only one of them, two of them, only two of them rank inside the top 1,000 Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Man-made horrors beyond your comprehension. That was what was promised. And that is what we've got. That is what has been delivered. And that's just what's been on. That's just what's on coin market cap as well. That's uh, true. There'll be there'll be more. There'll be more out there. Poocoins.com or whatever it is as well. It's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. there is one called Hug Hug Coin. So yeah, they're probably trying to do good in the world. One See, would hope. Hug, do you hug. know what's interesting? You say hug, hug. I read that as Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, Hugh, I can't unsee Hugh that Hugh now. Hugh coin. <laughs> I can't unsee that now. I just read that as Hugh coin. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, it's like, just, like I still, do you know what? I, it was only recently. I think it was even within this last year, and I, we may have just. I even remember said this before that I realized that uh, Flow Rider was actually just Florida separated into two words. <laughs> Flow Rider, man, it's the place to be. It's the place anyway. to be. They're still pretty, pretty free in Flow Rider. <laughs> I mean, uh, may, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that has to, it has to be. Ug coin, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna to go to that Flow Rider, and I'm uh, paying for my ticket with uh, the profits I've made from Hugh Ugcoin. <laughs> Happy days. Happy days. Oh, on that bomb, folks. Oh, of course, we should. Uh, you know, we should probably start including a disclaimer here with this uh, section of the podcast. Of course, we are not <laughs> doing this for. Uh, we're not giving adv financial advice here. We are simply taking the piss out of the latest listings on CoinMarketCap.com. Oh. Should not interpret any of this that we are we are uh, discussing. <laughs> As investment advice, this is very, very dicey territory, to say the very least. Taking the piss and drinking the piss. Yeah, it is a, a combination of the two we've got going here. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I can't say I'm hugely into any of these coins we've mentioned today, Sam. There is one called Tipsy, uh, ticker Tipsy, which has, uh, which uh, would probably be relevant to this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I... Uh, I'd probably pass. stay away from it. Firm you know, pass. Probably pass on that. <laughs> but there you have it, folks. Sam, any closing comments for episode 66 uh, of BBB? Uh, I don't think so. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a pleasure again. 
It has indeed, folks. Thank you all for listening to this. It's been uh, it's been a great podcast. Currently in Liverpool this week, I shall be heading away to Belfast uh, in a few days. Uh, hopefully, I will be able to get decent internet connection over there, and I'll be able to find some time uh, to do the podcast next week. So all being well, next one will be from Belfast. If not, it'll be the week after that. But uh, yeah, all being well, it will be. We'll, we'll have another episode for you as usual next week. That's all from us for the moment. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hope you have a nice beer over the weekend and uh, you know get some time to reflect on the week's events, as that has been a very eventful week. We've only covered a, a very slim, slim portion of it here. But that's all from us. We'll see you then.